Welcome to Looking Up, a podcast that explores various faiths, spiritualities, and practices across the Malden community. I'm your host, Jillian Hodgson. Today we sit down with Dave Weigert, a member of the Baha'i Faith and the caretaker of the Wilson House of Visitation. Dave tells us about how he discovered the Baha'i Faith, what the Baha'i Faith is, and how it has brought so much light into his life. So just okay. introduce yourself really quickly for us. Hi, my name is Dave Weigert, and I um, am a retired professor of music at Berkeley College of Music. Do you want to, in your own words, explain a bit about what the Baha'i Faith is? Sure. How it started, um, its history, mm-hmm. and its its meaning to you? Okay. Um, I'll start with how, what the Baha'i Faith is and how it started. The Baha'i Faith started in 1844, and it was started in, in Iran. Uh, and the first, the Baha'i Faith has two, is called twin prophets, the Bab, and then Baha'u'llah is the second of the two prophets, but probably the more major one. There's a song that the, I, I always love this song when, that we used to teach in children's classes. I'm not going to sing it, but I'm going to say it. It's, it starts with Krishna, Buddha, Zoroaster, Abraham, Moses, Christ, Muhammad, and then for the Baha'i Faith, the Bab and Baha'u'llah. And those, those prophets are basically, in my view, different chapters of the same book, the, re- the, the religion of God. So it's all related to God. It's, they're not separate. They're not uh, antagonistic towards each other. So when I look at a Buddhist, when I look at a Zoroastrian, when I look at a Jew, when I look at a Christian, when I look at a Muslim, I, I, I look at them as all being part of the same overall religion, religion, the book of God. I look at that whole thing as being all of them in different chapters of the same book. Now, they do have differences, but the bottom line is there's a thread that runs through them, which I would call a spiritual thread, that runs through all of the religions. And that spiritual thread is like, basically, you can boil it down to love thy neighbor, that spiritual thread is in all the religions. Now, they have different social teachings, for instance, certain foods you can't eat and things, um, and different uh, marriage laws, different laws that apply to that. But the way I look at that as a Baha'i is that at the time of, let's say, Judaism, the laws were applicable to that time. Um, in other words, not eating certain foods and things were, were basically for health, and they didn't have refrigeration in those days, so... Th- there are reasons why those laws are in place. And so that, that basically gives a little bit of a difference why the religions have differences. Because, oh, no, that's a different religion. But I really don't like to think of it in those terms. I like to think of it as we're all one. And that's one of the basic, basic tenets of the Baha'i faith, the oneness of religion, the oneness of God. And what I've been talking about is what's called progressive revelation, meaning if you go back, all that little song I was uh, saying the words to, all those religions came at a different time. The progress and the revelation of each one continued through until now. And, And unfortunately, whenever a new religion comes out, there are people who are threatened by it. Um, for instance, when the Baha'i Faith came out in 1844 and then uh, and the Bob declared his mission as the first of the two prophets. He was martyred in, within s- six years. 
they killed him because he was the, the, the mullahs and they got to, you know, the mullahs that are, that are power oriented, oriented. And I, they basically, oh no, this, there's no re religion after this. You know, and there's a thing in, in Islam too about the seal of the prophets, but I can answer that issue too. Um, religion is not ever going to stop. It's always going to be progressive and grow and get better and better. So there are reasons why, I'll, let's see if I can delve into that, pro the seal of the prophets that Islam talks about. Yeah, I think it would be great to go into that and yeah. kind of <clears throat> explain in the way that it relates yeah. to the Baha'i faith. Well, in other words, the problem is, if you believe that Muhammad is the seal of the prophets and there will be no prophets after him, then there's no growth, there's no prog progress, progressiveness. So the, 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 what I've been told, and this is my understanding, I'm not a scholar in pretty much any of the specifics of these things, but that when the Baha'i era is the most recent era, and that's, a, that's an era that just came up now with the Baha'i faith. Before that was a whole era that just did end, and that's the end of that era. And um, I'm not sure what that's, that's titled, but um, so yes, in a sense, Muhammad was the end of that cycle. And then Baha'u'llah has a new, it's the Baha'i era. It's, it's a major thing. It's, it's, it's funny how um, so many, so few people know about it, but that it's just such a major thing. And so the new era came and now we're in the new era. And that era is the Baha'i, the Baha'i era. Baha'i era, and that's supposed to go for 500,000 years. You know, these are all, these are all uh, religious terminologies that I sometimes don't totally understand, but I, I know that that's what's taught. Um, and, and I don't have a hard time with it. And oh, another thing they'll say is, don't look for another prophet until a thousand years have passed. So there may be another prophet after Baha'u'llah, but it won't be for at least a thousand years. It could be more. But uh, that's basically where we are with, with, with it. It's, it's, it's understanding that we, the Baha'i faith will have a certain amount of influence on the world in the next thousand years. And then possibly another prophet with a whole new name will come. And so the teachings of the Baha'i faith are really very, very important, especially the, the, the main things are the equality of men and women. So with the Baha'i faith, Baha'is look at women that until women are more involved in society and in positions of power, we won't have peace. I mean, women are extremely important, and it's not, and they're in positions of power, like the National Spiritual Assembly has women, several women, and that's for the United States. I have local, uh, local spiritual assemblies, Baha'i local spiritual assemblies that um, always have women. Until women, men and women are different wings of this of the same bird and if those two wings are equal the bird will fly mm -hmm. but if the two wings one is weak it's not going to fly so the women have to come up and raise themselves and men have to understand that that's going to happen and that will help them to that will help that person to fly or that family to fly uh, so that's, those are the things about the Baha'i faith that I really like. But there are other things about, my main interest has always been civil rights and, and race relations. 
like uh, just recently we had a um a race amity party and again i shouldn't call it a party it's it's a, an event at uh the mall and senior citizen and i have a friend who's african-american who i played in bands with for 40 years and and he's an amazing person and he was a baha'i and we would drive to gigs you know place where you play and we would talk for get in the car and he would throw things and he was a great conversationalist and we would talk for two hours up two hours back mm -hmm. and um and in that process i basically he taught me the baha'i faith i i honored phil by having a party <laughs> a, an event here at the race amity a race amity event with race friendship is really what that word amity means and I invited Phil up, and we raised money from to get him up here from Georgia. Mm -hmm. He came up from Georgia, got him a plane, got him a um, uh, a place to stay, a nice place to stay, um, paid him a, a good amount of money because he was a musician. I wanted to treat him fairly. Um, so we had a concert uh, with some of the musicians he knew and some of the musicians I know, and it was really nice. And uh, the year before, I had another one. Mm -hmm. in the backyard of the Wilson houses okay. where, where um, I live, and I'm the caretaker of the house where Abdu Baha, the son of Baha'u'llah, mm -hmm. visited in 1912. And now they, the house was donated to the Baha'i faith. Now I take care of this gorgeous little house, mm -hmm. and I take care of the yard. That's why I'm going to cut the grass later. Yeah. And um, so it, it's, it's been interesting how, because that's such a, for me, an honor to be in that house. You know, people go, well, what's the big deal? It's, no, it's, yeah. it's, yeah, it's, it's as if, if Jesus had a son and he visited somewhere, don't you think that would be a big deal? Like, how did it work that you moved into the house? What was that well, story? I had done general contracting work in the okay. past. Plus I was hopefully a good buy. They, I had, they asked people about me, how I, and so those two things in it primarily were re, uh, primary requisites for me to get in. And I went in, I met with people, and they, you know, I take care of the house. I really know mm -hmm. how to take care. I mean, I'll fix the toilet if it needs to be fixed. Yeah. You know what I mean? Things like that, little things. Um, I take care of the yard. The yard was nothing when I got there. It didn't have a, f a wall out in front. Now it has a wall mm -hmm. that a, f uh, uh, a Baha'i friend donated, Mike Duggan. He, he made this beautiful wall. And gave it to, and then in the back now there's there's trees. I put a bunch of trees out there. I put a garden out there. Put a patio out there in the back. So we've had some really nice events. That's great. Um, so that's how basically. Yeah, and so it's your house, but and you live there. Um, but do people of the faith have access to the space, or are like what type of events, or how does that kind of work? Sure. Um, it's called a house of visitation. Okay. Which means that anybody that wants to come to the house. To, to visit because Abdul Baha was there, they're invited like about a week ago. I think I had a family of five who were all Baha'is and they came and visited. I've had people from Iran come and visit. And uh, you know, the, the daughter is a, a, a doctor who does research and her, both of her parents came from Iran and they visited. But I mean, I've got a, on the side of my china closet, I've got all these pictures of all the people that have visited the house. Mm -hmm. And it's been ongoing, a lot of people. So, uh, and it doesn't mean like, I also really like to have people that are not Baha'is. I want them to hear about it in a, in a, in a positive way. I want them to understand what it's like. Um, 
and who who Abdul Baha was. I mean, for me, when I look, when I go in that house, there's a spirit about that house. There's a there's an energy about that house that people notice all the time. To me, it, it's it was a real blessing. It was a blessing for me to be given that job, and and to be responsible to give people a tour of that house. Mm -hmm. And I, I believe that Abdul Baha's spirit, the, the son of Baha'u'llah. I mean, I think he put me in the house, to tell you the truth, in, in a very yeah. non-specific way, in a very um, spiritually, it just it just worked out. Yeah. It just worked out. And I think they got the right guy because I just love to do events. I do events all the time and I keep the place busy. And I wanted to go back and speak a bit more about your family and growing up. So oh, okay. growing up. Like, was your family religious or spiritual? No, not at all. No. So, and, but you did mention, like, the people around you in your community were religious of, of all different faiths. And so, when was it in your life that you realized, like, since you really didn't grow up with a sense of faith in your family, you met Phil, and, like, when did you realize, like, that faith in, in Baha'i was something that you wanted to commit yourself to? Great question. Um, I've always felt... From I, I think it was like innate that I I've always been f spiritually oriented. I always used to pray as a little kid. My mm -hmm. grandmother had us pray, and I think that sort of helped me to get that spark. Phil came along when I was like 27. I remember I can remember the day when I got in his car and he had a little pamphlet on the Baha'i faith in his glove compartment, and I looked at it and I knew I said, "Oh yeah, that's true." Of course, that. and he, it's mm -hmm. basically the, it was a pamphlet about the Baha'i faith. So. It's kind of common that people get it right away. They just understand the Baha'i faith. Other, I mean, it took me two years to actually, um, what's called declare, where I basically knew who Baha'u'llah was, I believed who he was, and I understood enough about him to say that I would, I would follow him, so to speak. And when I first became a Baha'i, there were, there were nine Baha'is in the community. And we had a local spiritual assembly that we elected. It was the first local spiritual assembly of the Baha'is of Malden. What um, year was this? This was 1978, okay. I believe, when I became a Baha'i. And all those people would basically get together and we would do whatever needed to be done to keep the community uh, going forward, to have feasts, which are, they call them feasts, but basically it's every 19 days you get together and you start with a spiritual portion, and then you go to the uh, business portion, and then you go to the uh, social portion. So this, it's a very organized way of doing, of socializing with people. And so there's a Brookline has one, and Boston has one, Newton has one, mm -hmm. lots of uh, s local spiritual assemblies. What do you think that faith has brought to your life that you wouldn't have had otherwise? And like if you never had the chance or you never had like happened to meet Phil and like learn about this faith like what has it brought to your life well it's brought a lot of meaning to my life it's basically my understanding of what God is or isn't because you really can't there's a thing you can't really understand what God is it's a, uh, he's an unknowable essence or God is not even a he or a she by the way real, real quick little in um in Arabic there is no he or she for God. Mm -hmm. God is not um, gendered. Mm -hmm. So all the Baha'i writings were, were written in that, in that language. So there's no gender. But when it's translated, it comes across as if it were male, female. Got it. So um, 
and it's, uh, you know, that's kind of obviously not what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the perception of what God is, what God does in your life, I've, I've felt very, um, some people say that they feel like they're so much smarter after they become a Baha'i. Mm-hmm. And the Baha'i faith, we're trying to pull up anyone who was suppressed and, and be equal in their rights mm-hmm. as a person. So the, those are the things that I, I benefited from. Uh, you know, I just don't feel like I have to, I don't have to hate anybody. I don't have to hate a different person because they're of another religion. And you just find it all the time. Mm-hmm. People are hating, oh, you're this, you're that. If someone says to me, I'm a Muslim, hey, how you doing? You know, it's like not, yeah. uh, not a big deal for me. I think in some, and I don't know if it's specific to the United States or what it is, but I feel like sometimes, at least in recent time, I think that there is a bit of uncomfortability with conversations around spirituality, oh, yeah. unless they surround Christianity typically, um, because I think when we reached like post-war or in that era, it was very like you have your Christian family and you have like your nuclear household and that was kind of the sense of the norm. Um, but I think conversations that surround spirituality tend to fall into these like small communities or you find friends who are also on the same spiritual plane that you are and you, you find these communities for yourself that like, like, like let you feel fulfilled in your own spirituality. Um, so that just what your conversation totally made me think of that because I think that like personally, that's what I also fall into. It's like, I find I always feel like I find people in my life, like the universe sends me people in my life that are on this same plane of me and the same understands like understanding of like spiritual belief. Yeah. Um, and I just find that really like inter- minded. so interesting. Yeah, very like minded people. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And I think that almost in the way, like whatever your sense of like the sense of spirituality is like it brings it to you. Like when you submit yourself to it, it brings it back to you and you, oh, yeah. you, sur- you, you end up surrounded in this sense of the faith. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, well said. I mean, I just, uh, I feel very, very, um, I'm not alone. Mm-hmm. I feel like I have somebody supporting me. I have a way of looking at things that can be positive, that, that can be unifying. You know, the, the, the difference for me is that the Baha'i faith is, in a very organized, constructive way, working towards helping people get to peace, mm-hmm. getting peaceful um, resolution to things. Uh, I did a, uh, at the house, I did prayers for Ukraine, mm-hmm. which right as soon as the war started, and um, I had about 25 people at the house and about another 20 people online mm-hmm. that I had the computer set up. And so yeah. they could see. And a woman from Ukraine spoke. And we had a discussion and we said the fire tablet, which is a long prayer that basically is saying, when are you, you know, asking God, when are you going to take care of this? When are you going to help? When are you, you know, that's how I, uh, I read it. And um, where are the champions, the people that are going to, you know, and I'm wondering where they are. You know, I, I hope that's, that this all turns out to be that what happened was terrible. You know, in that taking over someone's land, like at this, especially at this stage in society. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you th- when you think of the different stages, wh- yeah, that's the, there's we're at an adolescent stage mm-hmm. in the sp- in the stage of a mankind. You know, that in other words, there was 
childlike stage when people were killing each other like all over the place, what they're still doing now, unfortunately. Um, but now we're in an adolescent stage you know, where the adolescent w won't, doesn't have quite the judgment that it needs to have, but that we will gradually mature and understanding that will help us get, get move towards peace more. Mm -hmm. And that's what, I mean, that's my main interest is peace. I mean, you know, having people live together. And it's, we're told that there's a lesser peace and that there's a greater peace. And the lesser peace is something where it's, it's a, like a, a sort of a conditional peace. I mean, people are not quite as bad like this. That's what I was discouraged about the Russia-Ukraine because that does not look any kind of like a lesser peace to me. Mm -hmm. But that still happened. I was hoping that maybe we've gone through enough wars in the last century. You know, the wars were just awful. Yeah, and prayer has been a big difference for me mm -hmm. too. I I, I have um, the Baha'i prayers are awesome. They're just incredible. Um, and there's one called the obligatory, the long obligatory prayer, that whenever I say that prayer, it takes ten minutes to say it. Mm -hmm. um, something happens good in my day yeah. after that. If I if I if I got like a big event coming up, I say that long obligatory. If I've got something I'm gonna do, yeah, like I'm having my family over. I say the long obligatory. And is there like a book of these prayers or where? Oh, yeah. Okay. What is that book? Um, well, there's, there's many. Mm -hmm. um, there's the ones that I have on my, my desk are called Baha'i prayers. Baha'u'llah wrote many, many prayers that were book about like that thick. Okay. And so there's a place to find it. I wanted to ask you a question. Just if, let's say there's someone who is struggling to find their faith or wants to connect spiritually um and doesn't know how um like what guidance would you give them to find themselves spiritually and to find that faith that that maybe great they're looking question. for that they great question. don't know because <laughs> now i'm going okay how do you do that find because i know that like i think that that can be an experience for many people it's like they don't really know or like they grow up in a faith that they don't really believe in because it's something that maybe their family believed in but maybe they don't and like a lot of people can struggle and they want connection but just don't know how to find it yeah and then i kind of think for me it was i kind of had it and not to say that it was it, it it comes in and out you know um but i would i would basically say surrounding your, your yourself with people that are spiritually minded helps a lot um i would also suggest prayer i would also you know like i've i've been in prayer groups where i feel like i was you know we say prayers we go around the room and i would basically i'm elevated or when i walk out i'm just so high mm -hmm. spiritually and that's that's what happened to me i remember just in the beginning we would say prayers and everybody would say prayer in a different language language didn't matter to me it was like okay it's a prayer i got it I, it's the, mm -hmm. the the intent of the prayer was the same so uh i would suggest that i would take them to places i would take them to like phil did with me mm -hmm. um you know he knew that i was i was easy in a way yeah you know i was easy because i was real receptive yeah and you mentioned that you already like in your youth, like you already felt this sense of spirituality. It was almost yeah. like it just didn't have a name yet. This kind of a little bit goes off of the string of questions we've kind of been talking about, but like, why do you think spiritual connection is 
such an important part of the human experience because there's a reason why I think we have so many religions, like we were talking about paganism before we had Christianity and we have these different religions that have played this essential role in the human experience in human life throughout time. It's a sense of connection is almost essential to our need to like exist in this universe, like to have this sense of meaning. Um, and why do you think having a spiritual connection is important? Yeah, it's a great question. I would basically, when I think of the Baha'i faith, I think of two, two parts of it. There's the administrative part, which is, I've talked a lot about it. But then there's the spiritual part piece that's that's the more important piece. We've been studying mysticism. Baha'u'llah has many prayers and uh, readings about mysticism. And that mysticism, understanding mysticism, like we were talking about the mysticism of the, the understanding God and there's a cloud. If you think of it, and th these are metaphors. So the cloud, sometimes you can't really see that they're really thin. And, and that's, kind of, that's how I feel spirituality is and, and really digging into what the spirit does. It, it's a cloud and you can't, and then it, maybe at one point it gets solid and you can see it, but then it goes away. You know, honestly, I have felt completely spiritual, maybe very few, uh, very, where I've been connected completely to the, my spirit mm -hmm. it's very hard to do yeah you have to stop your your thoughts and you know and that's one of the things i like about buddhism it helps you be mindful and that spirit is just good for you it's bottom line it's helping you um when i can connect with if i'm upset let's say and i can sit down and i can meditate and i can pray and i can stop my mind from just racing which is and, and I can just let the, and you know, Baha'u'llah has cons uh, commune with my spirit. This is the essence of my command. So he's basically saying when you can, when you, when you're able to calm your, stop your mind enough to just feel God's spirit in you, now you've accomplished something. And when you do that, you're attractive to other people. People see it. I mean, I think that I there is, I think I've got enough of it where people see it in me. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I've seen people from a distance see me and go, yes. you know, from a, they'll, they'll notice me and they'll, what's he got? What's he doing? What is mm -hmm. that? Um, someone explained sitting next to Abdul Baha when he was alive as being like next to a battery. You could just feel his energy. Mm -hmm. His energy was so strong. But he, it, it also, interesting story about him when he would pray. He would get up and like start praying at like six o'clock or five thirty, and pray till seven, you know, or eight. Mm -hmm. People don't realize how long it takes to get you into that state where you're. And I, 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 I think that's, it's something that you have to, you can actually, develop, mm -hmm. and you know my you can adjust your light by how much time you put into it. And the mysticism part is basically trying to understand what the other world is and we talk about life after death a lot mm -hmm. and not a lot but enough yeah. to um that's a that's a that's a big topic knowing that you are spiritual and that there's something outside of you mm -hmm. that you're a part of so that when you pass you don't stop that's your spirit your body goes it's gone yeah 
but your spirit continues yeah. and it and it joins with others other spirit and this is you know hard to express clearly no, yeah of course like i and i think in other ways i've heard it explained like your spirit is one piece of the collective it's like mm -hmm. our spirits then we come together in this collective spirit in mm -hmm. this other plane that's kind of not understandable because it's not tangible in the way that we experience life in this lifetime you transcend into this other plane of existence that's we can't even like you were saying it's hard to explain because it's nothing that we've ever experienced and we can really only relate to life in the way that we've experienced this sense of like quote life and yeah. experience and so that's why that's why i asked the question about like people who want to connect and don't know how i think it's like i think it's because i know how much it's enhanced my life like i want other people to be able to like have that sense of enhancement of their life through like spiritual connection. I think mm -hmm. it's super important. The spiritual part is very interesting to me. Mm -hmm. um, it's like something I've, I'm thinking about a lot now as I yeah. get older too. But um, I also think of the physicality of the, of the, what is gonna bring peace. And I, when I look at the different religions f fighting and not understanding each other, and you know, you could, there's so many aspects of it that if we didn't have we didn't think of other religions as being bad. I'm I'm now into the physicality, the mm -hmm. physical part. Yeah. And but the basis of all that is spiritual. Mm -hmm. The spiritual part that feeds the person to be a better person. Yeah. You know, so um that's how important it is. It's it's vitally important that you build your your spiritual understanding. That's why Baha'is are told to pray every day. Mm -hmm. Actually more than once a day too, but um you know, there's some days I'll pray, I'll, I'll pray a lot and I'll feel really good. And then there's other days I don't, but I try not to, you know, make a big deal or feel, oh, I'm not doing yeah. the right thing, you know. But high faith, as the religion itself is, it's, you got to put some time in. You know, it's not something that, you know, you have good feasts, you have holy days, you have um, uh, basically think you have to deepen what it's called. You have to read. You don't have to. I'm saying you, in order to understand it, you have to read. And we have um, devotions Saturday and Sunday via Zoom, which are yeah. fun. And we have we we analyze this poetry of Baha'u'llah. Um, how can people who like learn about Baha'i maybe through this or through any way, um, or maybe through the events that you've you've done, how can they get involved with like yeah. the Baha'i Center? Well, they could call me like you did. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's one eight hundred. 22 and then whatever the letters are whatever the numbers are for unite mm -hmm. if you call that number you'll get you'll get to somebody and you just say well you know i've, I've heard about the baha'i faith it's kind of interesting what can you tell me and they'll either say okay here's this or that or we want to meet for coffee we can talk about it mm -hmm. um so that's one way call me up or you know come over to the house just meet with another baha'i mm -hmm. and, and oftentimes they'll be very happy to talk to you but it's a commitment. It's yeah. it's something that once you get that good, once you get the spirit, mm -hmm. now it's like okay, you got to give back. You got you got to got to do something that that that's why I do race amity. That's why I do um, devotions on Saturday and Sunday. That's why I had prayers for Ukraine. I mean, it's it's that that that's how I manifested it. Mm -hmm. How I how it manifests for me. Um, Living that life really helps you to be closer to God. 
really helps. That that's another thing you I would suggest for a person like that is to read. I remember when I first before I became a Baha'i, there's a book called Gleanings, and I remember reading that, and I was on a gig up in Maine or something, and I remember reading that book, and just. I could just feel like when I was around halfway through, I felt the light in me. I could mm-hmm. feel the, the that spirit very clearly. It was just clear as a bell. There it is, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so I th- I think reading is 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 good. But I I just got to hope that people just gradually see it and come to it. It's growing. I mean, I've got the story from the from 1912. I've I've got a book that tells what it was like. These people were like there's only like three of them. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, three of them in Malden, or two, yeah. or one, and they gradually, it gradually grew, and now it's at a point where it's like, we're we're emerging from obscurity. You mm-hmm. know, you know, you heard about, I don't, you you read about it, you you looked for it in the in a list of, uh, yeah, religions. in the Malden, there's a directory um, through I think the city of Malden that has uh, a list of different faiths, and that's kind of how I heard about it I really didn't hear about it before and then I was reading about it and learning about it a bit more and it was really interesting yeah um what like why do you think it's important that we that there is a Baha'i community in Malden and (coughs) and why do you yeah why do you think that that's important um I for me in particular I feel that the Baha'i teachings are just so important they're up to date there, everything about the Baha'i teachings that we talked a little bit about on each of them, you know, progressive revelation, understanding that different religions are all from the same God, those things, that will rub off on people. Um, by doing by doing service projects, by doing like what I you know, race amity, it's subtly just sort of uplifting humanity, mm-hmm. and. There are things. I mean, the Baha'is are very involved in the UN, so that's on the other. Le- that's on an extreme level, and and all those things together just help um, attract people. Hopefully, in yeah. that way. I think it's really interesting the way that the Baha'i faith, like you're explaining, like with race amity and with like the prayers for Ukraine and this these different. It's like very connected with these sen- the sense of like social justice and with these worldly events um and i feel like in a way that's kind of different from other faiths where you outwardly like do something to help and like be of service to these worldly things and i don't know i maybe you want to speak about it a bit more you've you've spoken about it but i just think it's really interesting it's kind of different i i have some thoughts on that it's it's uh but for for me as a baha'i it's outward oriented i'm trying to out things to make life better. I'm trying that, you know, and I'm doing the best I can with it. I'm not saying I'm, a, I'm great at it, but I'm doing the best I can to make it better. Um, so by trying harder to be of service, I mean, how else are we going to get to peace? I mean, people, you know, they say, well, if, you know, if you, and I think it's true to a certain degree that if you, if you become more spiritual person, then you're going to help the world. And I agree with that. I think at some point you got to turn it around though and get out there and, and do something else. Like I deliver, I just, what I was just now is I, I deliver bread. Uh, I, I'm, I work with bread of life and I deliver boxes of food every Wednesday morning to nine families. Mm-hmm. And that's a service and that feels so good. 
you know, it's funny, but I, I, after I do that, I go, yeah, you did it. That was good. And it's, it, you know, I meet so many people that are stu suffering too. And that gets me out of my own, uh, perspective of where I'm hurting, where mm -hmm. I'm, uh, it, it takes me away from my problems. It gets me out of my head. So it, it gives me a chance to meet other people and see beyond myself, mm -hmm. see beyond my own little world. It's just trying to get out of that. I try to remind myself to get away from that perspective that's always about me, my comfort. Yeah. It's, it's thinking about how can you get other people comfort, bringing food around. That's my, my little, I don't think it's a big deal, but I bring food around and I, and I deliver it. So, mm -hmm. and my job is to have people come over. You know, that's the thing I want. I want people to come and see it. I've got neighbors across the street that are coming Thursday for music classes that are three year old with three year olds, which is really interesting. But that's another type of service, and um, uh, so there's that. It's the Wilson House, a house of visitation on Facebook. Um, and by the way, one eight hundred unite. That's a good way. If you're interested in the Baha'i Faith, you can call up. You can ask about it, uh, and then the Baha'i Faith. Just look up Baha'i Faith on the, uh, Google it, search it, and you'll see. Um, incredible websites you know with incredible information and Baha'i prayers there's an app for that you can get you can get you know you saw how many there were mm -hmm. I mean it it's 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 vast it's it's a, <laughs> I call it a big deal you know so that those are things I would do and my name is David Weigert okay thank you so much You're welcome <laughs>